Welcome to Insightful Leaders. I'm your host, Ryan Stewart, and this is a show where I interview proven leaders in customer insights and experience who share their stories, strategies, and insights to drive meaningful change at your organization. Our guest for today's episode is Ganit Singh. Ganit has a decorated career in CX across companies such as ADP, DocuSign, and most recently, Appfolio. He has a fundamental belief that every customer, employee, and interaction matters. Not only has he worked in CX for over a decade, but he's also had the experience of building a CX function from the ground up to enable, scale, and meet the hyper-growth needs of top tech companies. This has meant having to build success, having to successfully understand and serve customer needs while also delivering improved profitability. Not an easy accomplishment. It's really great to have you on the show, Kenny. Thank you, Ryan and team. I'm really thankful and fortunate uh, they got the invite. Really looking forward to having a chat and a meaningful conversation. So I'm, it's not often we get to have people on this show that have experience scaling up customer experience at tech companies. Um, and I imagine, you know, it's an area you have a lot of experience with is kind of particularly during that scaling phase, switching focus from an SMB market segment through to a mid-market and then, you know, even through to an enterprise market segment. And, and I, I'm guessing this must be a very disruptive transformation. What can you tell us about the effect on the delivery of customer experience when transition transitioning from exclusively serving one market segment um, into serving uh, several vastly different market segments? Yeah, great question. I think it's more very practical one, especially we see a lot of hyper growth companies, a lot of startups reaching that pivotal point where they're scaling and now into different segments. Maybe they're starting from small, medium businesses to uh, now suddenly they're into the mid-market or into the corporate segment or in enterprise segment. So this question definitely is a very pragmatic one, which comes to the leaders pretty often. From uh, being a CX professional, I do have a bias. So I think for me, what is always kind of, you know, a good reminder for me as I've been through these companies who have gone through the hyper growth phase, what I have not forgotten is the key resides with the customer. The moment you are switching from one market to another market, there is a risk that in the quest of that next shiny object or the big next 100 or 200 uh, million of potential opportunity or 2 billion of opportunity you're tapping into, you lose the sight that who is your customer? Who are you trying to serve for? And then I think the most important piece is that three fundamentals, which are the pillar of you know what make you made you successful in your existing install base. Especially if you think about it, if you're coming from, uh, if you're a hyper growth company or startup, you know, who's really done well in a particular segment, there were some key fundamentals. From a customer experience standpoint, these are pretty simple. You know, you, you pivoted, you stood up your product from a success standpoint. You tapped into the emotional aspect of the customers and then you tapped into the effort piece as well. So those success, emotion and effort are the elements which are, in my view, agnostic of the industry and the segment. So at as leaders, you're scaling up your company or as a pioneer, you're scaling up your company, you have to keep that central into your new segment as well. That if you wanna deliver a great customer experience, you have to weave these three elements again and again into your strategy, whether it's your roadmap, whether it's your next kind of market needs, understand that customer. You just cannot take it for guarantee that, yes, I understood the needs, I understood the, what was successful for SMB customer, may not be successful for your corporate customers. So you have to make that difference. Um, also, you have to understand the things which were emotional for a small, medium-sized business customer may not be same 
for an enterprise uh, user or a customer who's sitting and is an influencer for that company to buy or use your services. So you have to understand, now there are different complex personas that are coming in as you're scaling up. But again, the concept is not changing. You have to understand the emotional aspect there. And then the last is the effort piece. Maybe SMB customers, you design a product to be one click, but now you're moving on to the enterprise scale and now no longer it can be one click because you are dealing with integrations, you are dealing with APIs. So how do you think about the effort involved and who's the persona who's gonna drive that uh, adoption or use of your product? So you have to keep that in the consideration. So that's kind of, you know, for me, there is no secret sauce, but it's the fundamentals that often get confused or often get forgotten when you are in the quest of the next billion or next hundred or 200 million or whichever numbers you're chasing for as you kind of, you know, go up, go up market. Yeah, interesting. And, and I imagine when you're small and, you know, that very small early stage of a startup, you know, let's say you're less than 100 employees, right? The experience that you're delivering to, to customers at that point might be based around a person. You know, it might be your early customer success hire or, or in the B2B sense. Um, and it's really the identity of that experience kind of revolves around the person rather than being uh, revolved around the company. But as you begin to scale, obviously um, having that identity tied to a person rather than the company, that, that has to shift, right, as you start adding hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of customers. This must be, particularly for early customers, that must be a bit of a tough transition to go from, you know, that, that identity of the organization being a person that they deal with to the identity of the organization being the organization itself. I love the question, Ryan. Thank you for saying that because that is the reality. So when you are a small startup or a hyper growth startup, you know, which is scaling up and until now, your go-to-market approach or experience have been anchored around that single point. You have been pushing, you have been training, what we call in our customer experience language called mental model. You've trained your customers to expect this experience from you, from your product, because you know, you've trained their mental model, you've tuned them to that. Now suddenly you're switching, you're expanding. So that's where, again, it goes back to the fundamentals that you have to consider, that what is the amount of effort now you are expecting from customer? If you're saying, hey, you know what? Previously, it was all about human-centered support and the services, you know, which we will be offering you, which we were offering. And we trained you, hey, you you're stuck on the product. There is a product gap. Reach out to us. We'll help you scale. But now you can't do that. You just, there is a certain limit until you can throw bodies. So you have to now start bringing in the lens of the scale. The scale in terms of, you know, it's not about trying to save money or trying to kind of, you know, impact the bottom line. You have to think more efficiently that, Great processes there which were working for us when we were small are the processes which are no longer sacred. You have to challenge that. And then take the efficiency, bring the efficiency in that and say, how can we now invest into technology to leapfrog? Now, that's where the difference is. Companies who react and who are reactive at that stage are the laggards. The leaders basically are already anticipate that yes, this thing will happen. So we have to set up the processes. We have to set up the frameworks. I know process is a kind of a taboo word in uh, you know, my industry and uh, many other industries as well. But the reality is you, you can sugarcoat and you can say routines, you can say framework. You have to anticipate, even if you're small, 
yes, the amount of focus you give on year one will not be same as the amount of focus you need to give in year two or three, but you have to put uh, energy behind that. That how can you scale your frameworks, your processes, use technology to leapfrog the challenges, which otherwise you can keep throwing bodies and humans and you'll not be able to switch. But I think the other side of the situation is how do you meet customer? How do you train their mental model? Because for example, a company may be running it for the last 10 years with a certain uh, experience model. And now all of a sudden, now they're switching to this less intensive uh, support or person-centric. Now they're becoming to a, more of a company-centric. Suddenly there's a shift. So you have to get ahead and drive nurturing. You have to drive the value for the customer and make them understand there's a value. We understand now your needs are evolving. Now, instead of you waiting for us to help you, we are enabling technology for you to at your fingertips. And that's what, you know, smart companies, again, it's not a secret sauce. Every company has to think about that. And those who are not thinking may not no longer exist. Mm. And I, it's very easy to conceptualize, particularly from a customer's perspective, how it can go from, you know, dealing with an individual to, you know, the way that I interacted previously, the mental model that I received from this company's had to adjust. But even internally, I imagine there's gonna be changes as well, because when you do have those individuals in your go-to-market motion that are able to come back from the front line, it's a very small set of individuals and say, hey, this is what we're seeing, perhaps we should adjust strategy this way, that's very easy and, and all, all easy to understand. But when we start ramping up and getting a large number of people in, in the go-to-market team, even the ways that we collect information and synthesize that information and report it back out to other teams like product to help inform strategy, that I assume also has to go through a massive shift as well. Absolutely, and that's where, when I say you have to leapfrog and use the technology to leapfrog your pains right now. So no longer you can go to the conventional tools. You know, if you think that, that's where the company has to be nimble. The, the, don't take my words on the process as like the sacred words. You have to have a framework, but that should be nimble that can ingest mm -hmm. any new technology that is coming in. You know, if you want to disseminate information, you just cannot wait for X solution now, which we have been using from the last 15 years to say, we're going to use that. Oh yes, they come up with a cloud version of that uh, reporting and insight, so let's use that. But now there are tools which you don't need to disseminate information. You stand up the dashboard and it's self-service for your mm -hmm. internal users as well, for your internal customers as well. So you start bringing technology not only for the customer, but again, you have to look at the lens for your own people, internal people. That you know, how can you use technology to make it easy for them to drive that uh, company-centered approach rather than a person-centered approach? Again, you have to enable them with tools. And how will you enable them with tools? Because then you can say, hey, you know, it's going to eat my margins if I kind of you know keep investing in the technology for uh, my employees. It's going to eat up into margins. So that's where this efficiency comes in that you have mm. to start optimizing your existing processes for scaling, that you can invest back into the technology to enable your team, your employees to do better for the customers. Again, with the use of technology. And I'll take an example. You can have a product and you can have a service organization. I can, you say, you know, yes, pick up the phone, pick up the chat and we'll be here to help you serve. You, you have been doing that for the last 15 years, but now suddenly now you have to move to the next segment, but you cannot scale that because next segment is going to open up like millions of you know requests for you. You just you just can't throw humans at that. So you have to understand how can we use technology to deflect you know those. Is it like a bots? There are different thousands and thousands of use cases of bots, right? But again, you have to understand where and how. 
But before even you institute that or bring that in, you have to understand, do all my customers actually need that? Are there segments of customer, even within a particular market segment, let's say enterprise, do all of them actually need to have that first line of interaction through an AI? Or can I just bypass them using technology? There are a lot of communication tools right now on the market, which can help you create a personal path for the customers, depending on what value they're bringing to the organization. So you have to use that as part of you know, your toolkit, you know, both for internal employee as well as for the customers. Mm. If you, let's contrast for a minute the kind of SMB or even the very small business market segment to the enterprise segment. Do you, how do you think, is experience as important to both of those segments um, as the other or is there differences, do you think? For me, as a CX professional, I'll say experience is the key. The competence which goes into experience, I'm going to go back to the fundamental success emotion and the effort. Those stay the same, the magnitude or the fine tuning. An SMB customer may be just happy with this one use case of you know, your product and it's one click and done. And enterprise customers may not actually see the value. But now they have accountants or different, different personas within their company using your product. So each of the user will now have different expectation from your product. So are you building your product and are you building the experience for those different personas? That's where the complication starts happening. So you have to think about that. What are the different personas? No longer it's just buyer versus user persona. Those are like, you know, still 20 years ago. Now they're like multiple variations of your internal customers and user that are coming in. So as a company, you start saying, what is the experience for each of those customers or those users that I have to think about as I think about corporate segment or enterprise segment. In SMB, it's easy. It's one person doing everything or maybe set of 20 people doing everything. So you have still limited scope. So experience is still the key, but the level of effort required for the customer, the success definition changes. So for SMB customer success, maybe I'm, I wanna use this cloud product, which gives me insights in the spreadsheets and I can just click here, explore now and done. Whereas for the enterprise customer, they may need integration with other visualization platform into those spreadsheets. So their success criteria and definition will change. So your product has to serve those spectrum of the customer. There has to be features, there has to be the use cases, you know, for those uh, different users. Mm, okay. Um, obviously, when you talk about customer experience, um, the mind naturally goes to um, everything post someone becoming a customer. But the, in businesses, particularly B2B organizations that have a sales motion, there is an experience that is kind of inherently delivered during that process, just as much as there's an experience that gets delivered post the, the purchase process. And I've been wondering recently, if you think about how we buy groceries 10 years ago compared to today, or you think about how we interact with our bank 10 years ago compared to today, there's been this massive focus across all these consumer-based industries where um, experiences have become more seamless, more effortless. Um, it's much easier to self-serve. And, and the people, yes, these go-to-market motions in enterprise sales, they're, they're very, you know, they ha they're very um, old and, and understood, but ultimately it's people participating in these processes. And I wonder if, 
on the buyer's side, when they're so used to seamless experiences in their consumer life, how this is impacting the expectations they have of the experience that they receive in their professional life, even in something like an enterprise uh, sales process, where they're expecting it to be more seamless and more easy. Have you seen any of that or got any insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's, again, it's, it's one of the persistent challenge enterprise companies who are shifting from B2B to B2C or vice versa. They face that in day-to-day stuff as how do you set up the expectation before even a customer is a customer or a prospect, especially when, yes, there may be a procurement manager or an implementation manager in an enterprise company who you're trying to sell your product or software or service. Now, that person is the same person who will be using consumer-grade uh, products and services. So immediately, no longer there are the clear lines between, hey, no, this is enterprise software and this is consumer software. Nobody's thinking about that. And how do you know that? That's where your research comes in. That's where you do the understanding of what is the pain or the problem that they're trying to solve. If I'm an enterprise buyer and I'm trying to use an enterprise software, but my expectation is it should be turnkey, then is that expectation my product is going to deliver or not? And they're going to try to compare you. I think you took an example of grocery, right? So, yes, we used to do groceries in a certain way. Now we've shifted to all digital groceries and you can, you know, you, you don't even have to step out. I mean, I like to go still out to kind of, you know, to just have a feel of it. I, I, I really want to be, but hopefully by next 10 years, we'll reach that stage where I can feel the, you know, vegetables in my hand uh, sitting at their home and uh, I kind of do that. But any, coming back to the topic, that's what the pivot we did, right? So, yes, you're an enterprise customer who are who is at the end of using this product to sell their produce to consumers like me. Now, what is the expectation that I'm bringing my produce or if I'm selling my produce to a certain grocery store or a whole market, I need to have the same experience which I have when I'm a consumer of buying this produce from the market. So companies have to map that out. Companies have to understand what are the, again, the elements from effort that a buyer has to go through in order to use your product. So if you address that and put that in your go-to-market, that's where the key is, you know, from your narrative. You basically are creating a trigger point. Every time I have a problem, hey, you know, I can't go to grocery. What should I do? Immediately I'm thinking about, oh gosh, I've been using this app or this company for delivering everything else in my household. Let me try them. They may be faster. They may be quicker to bring groceries to me. So let me try that. Do they have an option in this neighborhood or not? And then if not, I'm gonna use their experience as a comparison point to evaluate all the local grocery stores if they're doing the same delivery service for vegetables in my house or not. So that's how you know consumers are starting to. So but what comp- on the company side, what are you trying to do? You're trying to understand the problem that customer is trying to solve. And then you're trying to kind of you know, put that solution in the market. So when they're actually not searching for you on the Google, they're searching for the problem. How do I solve this? You are coming up as a solution for that. And again, it's more than just SEO. It's more about that your solution is actually solving the pain point or addressing the problem that customers have. At least, you know, that's where, you know, the trigger points are trickling in. I think it would be very remiss of me not to ask someone like yourself that's been through the scaling process uh, a handful of times about one of my favorite topics, which is org chart. 
and and I I prefix preface this question with I understand there's no such thing as a perfect org chart as much as I'd love there to be but what's what's your view on org chart of the CX department as you go through the the fails of scaling when do you think about having to add different roles when might you specialize on on um, job functions like insights or research and and what have you seen on the front face having gone through this experience yourself a few times we we it's it's a good tough question as there is no real answer on this one there's no right answer let me say this way a couple of times you know which i've been through in my previous uh, experience even in my current experience as you start with who is the stakeholder for you what is the need if you're coming in as a leader for the organization understand what is the business need for that particular fiscal for that particular quarter for that particular year one year two or even like if they don't what is it need for the next five years what is a vision that company is trying to realize and if they've brought you in then you just can't start with saying i need a utopia i need to have everything in my kitty you understand the most burning need if the burning need is you don't know how to understand customer mental model then you start instead of saying you're going to have analytics you're going to have a platform you're going to have ai and data scientists and you're going to have cx strategists you will have fancy survey mechanisms and things like that understand the burning need of the business the burning need of the business is to understand customer mental model go deep into experience design bring bring up the capabilities so it's not about, so what i'm saying is the answer is not about the org chart the answer is about what are the outcomes you're trying to drive in the company and that should dictate which competency you're bringing in you know from a customer experience standpoint is that more focused on experience design or is it more focused on customer understanding or is it more focused on insights and metrics or maybe companies looking for you to help them establish customer first strategy so then it's a total different set of skill set that you're trying to bring in so the answer lies in what is the company trying to accomplish for hyper growth companies most common need is to scale because they it's ingrained in their DNA that they worked with customers day in day out because they were small but now they want to replicate that so the biggest burning need is how do you build a scalable customer understanding so how do you understand the different needs of different personas of the company you know which you're trying to position your product for so you start building those capabilities so your off chart in year one may only look like somebody who's good on VOC management you know somebody who's good on bringing only the listening uh, channels of it uh, somebody who's good on understanding you know, and doing research by hand and whenever hands in like being hands-on on doing research and say hey you know what let's bring scalable uh, scalability into our research methods and let's uh, use technology to scale that so that may be year one for you if on the other hand you have a company who has good scalable uh, mental models they have a good research function and what they're struggling is they're not able to put metrics and measures in place maybe you start with the data scientists or data analysts on the CX side of the house, you know, so that may be year one for you. So again, your org will evolve and it should evolve as the needs and the outcomes for your stakeholders evolve. I think the, the best strategy I'll, or the best recommendation I'll give from that perspective is understand your stakeholders and what are they trying to accomplish? Because that's where most of the CX professionals were new because there is no prescription. There are a lot of good, um, Practice is now coming in the last few years, but prior to that, there wasn't any prescription. There were no best practices. 
so be it will depending on if I know you, Ryan, Ryan knows me, we share the notes and they, you know, what worked well for you and that traditional old school. But now you need to kind of, you know, think about like, who are the outcomes? You know, what are the outcomes for the stakeholder? Is it revenue? Is it growth into a new segment? And that means it requires customer understanding. Then let me go and build deep, scalable customer understanding function first before I build the measurement or the insights or the governance aspect of experience. Mm. It sounds like one of the big pitfalls would be coming into a new role and just taking what worked in the last organization and trying to apply it wholesale to the new organization. Um, you really need to take the time to understand the lay of the land for the current organization and the, and the what's required, what, you know, what's the focus, what's the strategy, what do they need you to solve for them? Absolutely. The most important thing is that you just cannot say one size fits all. It worked in my previous company. I can replicate that. Yes, your approach can, but not the solution. So that's why you have to start with what's the vision, what's the organization need at that point in the journey of the organization. Awesome. All right, that's been super insightful. Thank you. I think we're going to move on to our rapid-fire question round. I've got uh, five rapid-fire questions about customer insights and experience and about yourself that I'm going to ask. Are you ready? Sure, absolutely. All right. The easiest one first. What is the best piece of customer experience or customer insights advice you've ever received? It's very close to me. Uh, I've been very vocal about this. Don't assume that your business or your stakeholders will understand the value of experience, whether it's customer experience, service experience, brand experience, product experience. Don't assume that they will understand or know about it. You have to continuously sell, sell, market, and execute on CX value. Reevaluate quarter by quarter. Is this the right value we're delivering? Is this the right value they're expecting? And then pivot. So I'll just summarize. Don't assume your business will know the value of customer experience. Sell, market, and execute relentlessly on that. Mm, very good advice. What are you most excited about in the world of customer experience or customer insights today? I'm very excited about the topic we talked briefly about, that how experience lens is forcing companies to erase those artificial lines between consumer grade and an enterprise grade experience. Mm. That I think is for the benefit for the industry as well as for the customers because there was an artificial wall that enterprise softwares used to live behind. Oh, we are an enterprise company. No way we can do it in 40, you know, less than 40 days. Implementation, yeah, it's, it's got to take six, six weeks. Or I have to bring in one of the big consulting company to kind of, you know, partner to that. So it's blurring that lines and it's eliminating those lines between a consumer customer experience and an enterprise customer experience. So that is most exciting about it because expectations are changing. The perception around that experience should be same irrespective of whichever segment customer is coming from is the most exciting thing. A lot of, lot of good progress and companies are making stride on, the, on that particular topic. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I will recommend non-conventional CX book. It's called Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariel, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Dan Ariel. 
It's called Predictable, Predictably Irrational. I love that book. It has a blend between psychology and uh, human behavior. Uh, the gist of that is it gives some meaningful insights about what drives us. We think we know how we're making decisions, but the reality is we don't know. There's a lot of irrational things that are happening in our brain, which actually are forcing us to make that decisions. So getting to know the thought process, getting to know, you know how the mental model works, how the brain works, and uh, how r irrational a choice can be is a secret key for any mm. company. Yeah, and we'll, we'll link to that book in the show notes so people can go uh, fetch it for themselves. What's an interesting little fun fact about you that uh, most people wouldn't know? I'm going to say most people might think, hey, I might grew up in research. I might grew up in uh, marketing. Well, I was going to become a doctor. And then suddenly mm -hmm. I switched my trade. I was like, you know what? I have more passion toward cooking. So I went to a hotel school to do cooking and uh, I was a chef in a couple of you know big brand hotels. And then suddenly I, this kicked in that there's something innate that about making other customers feel really good and happy about it. So that's the way it was a pivotal moment. I said, okay, I need to switch. So not many people know that by profession, I'm a chef. That's a super cool story. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'll say LinkedIn, reach out to me on LinkedIn, or you can follow me on Twitter. Um, uh, not as active on Twitter as LinkedIn, but um, uh, I do, I'm like, I'm not like 24 by seven on Twitter, so but I do check it once a day. But LinkedIn, yes. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. Gany, thanks for joining us today. That's been really helpful and it's, it's been great to get the insight into how CX can evolve and has evolved for you personally when trying to scale at a different technology company. So thank you. Thank you, Ryan and team. I appreciate it having me.